Thanks for listening to the Lunch and Learn with Dr. Barry, here to help educate, motivate, and put you on the right path to take control of your health through weekly discussions on topics in the medical field, public health arena, and in your community. And now your host, Dr. Barry. What's up, everybody? Dr. Barry here, your host of the Lunch and Learn, bringing you episode 66. And today we're going to be talking about cholesterol. Like always, if you want my show notes, head over to drpiersblog.com forward slash LLP 066. And again, just to kind of reiterate, we are talking about cholesterol. And this was a user generated discussion. And it was actually one of my Lunch and Learn community members who messaged me and said that since I started working in the hospital, I kind of forgot about the outpatient topics, right? So I wanted to make sure uh, we hit these outpatient topics right at home. And when I was looking at some of my old episodes, I realized all this time I've talked about blood pressure, I talked about diabetes, I talked about prostate cancer, I talked about all of these different medical issues, but I didn't even talk about cholesterol. And if you're getting your routine checkups, you know that's one of the tests that your doctor always orders, right? So today we're going to be talking about cholesterol. We're going to give you some raw numbers. We're going to talk about what cholesterol even means. What does that even, like, why is it so important? Why does everyone seem to care about it so much? And we're going to hope that hopefully we can enlighten and educate our Lunch and Learn listeners today so you guys are aware. If you don't know, I'm not sure why you wouldn't know, but if you don't know what your cholesterol is and why you need to take care of it like ASAP. Like always, head over to drprsblog.com forward slash LLP 066 or just lunchlearnpod.com to listen to uh, today's episode. And if you're on your favorite podcast platforms, first of all, especially if you're on Apple Podcasts, don't forget to subscribe and leave me a five-star review. Let me know how much you love the episode, how much you love the show in general, because your feedback is much appreciated. That being said, remember Lunch and Learn with Dr. Barry, here to empower yourself to become better control of your health. What's up, everybody? So today we are talking about cholesterol. Again, this is a long overdue topic that needed to be discussed a while ago, but for some reason it slipped through the cracks. So we're going to be talking about it today. And like I always like to kind of introduce a lot of our diseases that we talk about, especially when we're disease heavy on the podcast, is I want to give some numbers, right? Because I think the numbers give you guys a good idea of where we're coming from. And by say we, the the health institution and why we're so anti about getting you guys under control, getting you guys checked, right? So especially if you're the lunch learning community, right, and you're listening and you're trying to, you know, become the better you, the healthier you, cholesterol is going to be a big uh, factor associated with it, right? So these are just some numbers. 71 million Americans have elevated cholesterol levels, specifically elevated LDL levels. And we'll talk about LDL levels and why it's called the bad cholesterol. People with high cholesterol are about twice as likely to have heart disease than people with low cholesterol, right? Again, so if you have high cholesterol, we got to worry about having heart disease, right? Again, it's not a disease that comes without uh, its risk factors. Having high blood cholesterol, again, not only raises uh, the risk of heart disease, but also uh, is a leading cause of death and stroke associated with heart disease. And it's one of the top five leading causes of death, right? So having high blood cholesterol puts you in the category that you do not want to be in, right? 
Just having high blood cholesterol already means that you're more likely to have heart disease, already means you're more likely to have a stroke, already means you're more likely to suffer from kidney issues, right? And that's why we are very, very uh, poignant, right, about making sure you guys get your cholesterol checked at least once a year. And we'll talk a little bit later about you know, why are we checking and what, what are we checking for, right? But this is one of the reasons why your doctor is adamant about just getting your blood test, right? And I always tell people all the time, right, a lot of your uh, blood tests, especially that we do on a yearly basis, let's say you don't have a doctor, right? Because that's always usually one of the first questions I get, first responses I get, right? Like, oh, I don't have a, a primary care doctor to go to. Well, you know, if you go to these health fairs that are everywhere, a lot of them do cholesterol checking right then and there, right? So it is not something that we uh, can, you know, willingly avoid, right? Like this is something, it's a it's a quick little blood test, but it needs to be done, right? So again, go back, go, going back to the numbers, right? So 95 million adults are in the U.S., right? Over the age of 20 have a total cholesterol level over 200, right? And for those who may be keeping track, again, I'm going to talk about the numbers, under 200 is where it is the goal uh, for your cholesterol, right? So, so those over the age of 20, 95 million, right? So again, it's not this. This is not an old person's disease, right? This is something that we got to be uh, very mindful of. And less than uh, half the people who have high cholesterol are actually being treated, right? So we got a majority of people, right? Again, closer to about let me see what is it, 71 million people, right, with high blood cholesterol high uh, blood cholesterol, but less than half of them are actually being treated, right? And I said what happens if you don't get treated, right? You have you run the risk of having heart disease and everything else under the sun. Now, lowering your cholesterol, right? So again, if you have a lower cholesterol, right, um, you have this lower risk of having a heart attack, right? You have this lower risk of having a stroke, right? You have this lower risk of just dying from heart disease in general. We know that eating and exercising, uh, a healthy way without and no smoking, right, are all different ways you can reduce your cholesterol. But what is the problem with the cholesterol? For those who've been following me, you know that I call hypertension the silent killer, right? Because when you have high blood pressure, right, you don't have no symptoms, right? The same thing happens when you have high cholesterol, right? There are a lot of people walking around to this day, right, who don't know their cholesterol is through the roof. There are probably people who are about to listen, who are listening to my Lunch and Learn episode on high cholesterol and have no clue what the cholesterol level is, right? And I want you to pause. If that is you, right, pause, think about it. Think about how crazy that is and then get to your local uh, doctor, local health fair and get your cholesterol checked, right? Because it's definitely something, you know, that does not come without its risk factors, right? So what is cholesterol, right? Because again, we can't be talking about, you know, making sure you're getting your cholesterol together if you have no idea what the hell cholesterol actually is. So cholesterol, again, definition from um, uh, Mayo Clinic, is a type of fat that is part of all of our cells, right? All animal cells have cholesterol, and it's extremely important, right, for your body's metabolic processes, and important for production of hormones, important for vitamin D, important for uh, the creation of bile. So again, uh, we're not stressing that we want you to get your cholesterol down to zero, right, because... There are some people who think that having too low of a cholesterol is a problem, right? But there's, and there's, that's a different school of thought, especially more, that's more of like a very academic discussion that we need to worry about here. Um, but we know that cholesterol, when it's produced in the liver, it's a part of every cell in the body. 
it helps build the structure of the cells, right? So it helps build and maintains that cell structure. It makes hormones, helps make hormones like estrogen, testosterone, adrenal hormones, which again are extremely important to the way the body functions. It helps with metabolism. Um, it is helps with vitamin D, right? If someone who has low vitamin D, there's always a concern that maybe the cholesterol is an issue. It helps produce bile, which we know helps digest fat and uh, absorb important nutrients, right? So cholesterol is a very important factor uh, that we need to always be mindful of. And those who get their routine annual checkups know that cholesterol is one of the panels that they always uh, include, right? Because in there, for a lot of people, and you know you're getting your cholesterol check, right? If you have to go get your blood work, but your doctor tells you don't eat that morning reason why they want you to eat that morning is because part of the test that we're checking for in your cholesterol is your triglycerides, right? And your triglycerides are something that uh, we'll, we'll talk about, but it can also be a risk factor for heart disease and everything else under the sun, right? So Dr. Barry, you're asking how often do you check uh, your cholesterol, right? Now the guidelines, right? You know, U.S. guidelines for how often we do some of these tests, right? Say that at least once a year, right, especially once you hit that age of 20, you should be getting your blood cholesterol check, right? For those who have high cholesterol, those who are getting treated for high cholesterol, I know for a fact they get it checked more often, right? Usually every four to six months, they will you get their blood pressure, I mean, sorry, blood cholesterol check just to make sure everything's, you know, uh, peach and keen from that standpoint. So we, we're talking about cholesterol. We're talking about how often you get checked, right? So what types of cholesterol, right? I kind of hinted at it. And you're going to hear me talk about good cholesterol and you're going to hear me talk about bad cholesterol. Right. And I just want I don't I don't need you guys to know the mechanism of it. That's not what this episode is for. That's really not what the show is for. Right. Because, again, the majority of people never need to know exactly how it works. They just need to know that it's working. Your bad cholesterol, that's your LDLs, right? And the reason why we call it bad cholesterol is because a function of the cholesterol is to bring uh, cholesterol plaque in deposits from the from the liver and deposited in areas where it probably we probably don't want it to in terms of deposited in the heart deposited in the brain and you know that's where heart attacks and strokes come about right so they consider that bad cholesterol right because for patients who have high levels of ldl aka bad cholesterol you have an increased risk factor for having heart disease and risk factor for having strokes right because that mechanism that type of cholesterol brings cholesterol from the liver where it's made and deposit it to areas where we necessarily don't want it to be in abundance, right? We still want it to be there, right? Now, I'm not saying we don't want any cholesterol in the heart or we don't want any cholesterol in the brain, right? But we, if we have too much, then you have to worry about plaque buildup and everything from that standpoint there. Now, the same thing needs to be said about our HDL, right? Which we will tend to call the good cholesterol because what does it do? I talked about how the LDL brings cholesterol and cholesterol deposits from the liver and puts it in the heart, puts it in the brain and everywhere else in the body. The HDL does the opposite, right? So it takes it away from the brain. It takes it away from the heart uh, to uh, help, you know, control and regulate how much cholesterol is just kind of just lying around in that system, right? And again, we know that high levels of cholesterol, specifically the H, the LDL, can cause uh, risk factors associated with heart disease, right? So definitely something to be very weary of. So Dr. Barry, here's a question. Who is at risk of getting 
high cholesterol, right? And this is important, right? For gender, right? Gender is an important factor uh, for high cholesterol. We know that the male gender, men, shout out to the men out here, we know that they are a higher chance of getting high cholesterol than women gender. And a lot of that um, has been shown to be associated with some of the hormones that we know protect women uh, that don't protect men, specifically the estrogen. Right? Um, age, the older you are, the more high, the higher your chance of getting high cholesterol. But again, I talked about how, you know, at the age of 20, right, there's people, you know, getting diagnosed with high cholesterol, having to be put on medication for high cholesterol, right? Um, and that leads right into our third risk factor, family history. Family history is probably one of the biggest risk factors for me, especially in my uh, practice when I was doing outpatient medicine, when I would take care of patients, I would always ask, do you have any family members with heart issues, cholesterol, diabetes, hypertension? Because I wanted to know, because I know family history plays such a big role that you can be the best, you know, you could be the best uh, body lifter. You could live in a gym. You work out six times a week and you could still have problems, right? One of my patients, right? I remember he was in his mid-40s, mid-40s, and was having chest pain, having chest discomfort, ended up having a triple bypass, right, because his cholesterol was through the roof, and he didn't know it because he thought, he figured that, hey, if I work out all the time, if I eat well, I'm going to be okay, but that's where our family history plays such a big role because family history can make it so that you could be, you know, skinny and you could be built or you could be fit and you could work out all the time and your cholesterol is still crazy and still needs to be treated, right? So that's always something to think about. And diet and physical activity, those kind of come hand in hand, right? If you have a poor diet, you're going to have a higher risk for having high cholesterol. If your physical activity is close to zero, like a sloth, like you, all you do is go to work and go home and go to sleep and then wake up to go back to work again and you don't do anything from a physical activity standpoint at work, right? You run the risk of having uh, elevated cholesterol, right? So these are some of the risk factors I want you guys to kind of think about. When we're thinking about high cholesterol and uh, what are some issues that may make me concerned that I'm dealing with some high cholesterol. So in our blood cholesterol test, right, we've been talking about this pretty much the whole episode, right? In the blood cholesterol test, right, there are four things we look at when your doctor orders this test. One is the total cholesterol. Two is the HDL. Three is the LDL. And four is the triglycerides. Again, I, I said this earlier, I kind of hinted at it earlier, the reason why your doctor makes you not eat anything the night before just so you can get your blood work is because of this cholesterol test. Majority of the other, in fact, I can't, I can't think of another test that you would need to not be eating for, especially from a blood standpoint, except a cholesterol test, right? So if you're ever having to do blood work for your uh, primary care office and they tell you don't eat 90 Nine times out of 100, they're checking the cholesterol, right? Because again, off the top of my head, I cannot think of a single test where I would have to worry about if I ate something before doing the test. And most the reason why is because our triglycerides, you're, when you're when you do a blood test, like if let's say you eat a burger, right? You eat a burger, your body automatically releases triglycerides into the bloodstream. So if you eat something that morning and then you do your blood test, your body's gonna be releasing so much triglycerides in the bloodstream that it may make your doctor, someone like me, think like, oh wow, your triglycerides are through the roof. I need to get you medication. 
So that's why it's very important when your doctor says don't eat before that test. Do not eat before that test because you don't want to be on the medication that you didn't necessarily need to be on. But because you felt so hungry and you couldn't hold it, uh, you decided to get it done. Um, total cholesterol, again, that's just the overall thing. And it's funny because for patients who have really high LDLs, really high bad cholesterols, they can't even really calculate uh, the total cholesterol, right? So it's very important uh, to make sure, you know, you're getting your uh, routine checkups, right? Because these tests are something that it only takes one or two pills. Usually the time is one pill to correct, right? But if you don't, right, I already talked about the risk factors associated with not taking it. And these are just numbers that, you know, let's, let's say you, you happen to be looking at your blood test now when you want to know like, hey, I wonder if my numbers look any good in comparison. In general, and again, this, again, you know, this obviously is Dr. Berry's lunch with Dr. Berry. You know, obviously we, I give a lot of medical advice here and but I always like to give this caveat. If you have any medically related questions, please see your doctor uh, because I'm not liable for anything you may get uh, from this uh, episode. But I can tell you I'm not lying, but obviously follow up with your doctor. Total cholesterol, less than 200, right? Like if you're just looking at the number, right? Less than 200 is how much your total cholesterol should be. Your LDL, the AKA bad cholesterol, less than 100. Now there are some people that will say they want it less than 70, especially for your patients who have diabetes. Honestly, if you get it less than 100, it's perfectly fine with me. Your HDL, this is the good cholesterol. This is the cholesterol we want in abundance. Uh, HDL is 60 or above. Remember, the HDL is the one that we actually want a higher number in. So your HDL 60 or above is good for us, right? Most people, if they have above 40, we're like, oh, okay, that's all right. We would like it better, but 60 or above is amazing. And your triglycerides is less than 150, right? Less than 150 and for your triglycerides, that's that you know fast-acting uh, cholesterol uh, panel. The reason why this is important, right, because just knowing which levels is high, which levels is low will let us know which type of medication we give you. Because if your triglycerides are high, there's a certain medication I give you. If your HDL is low, there could be a certain medication I give you. If your LDL is high, there's a certain medication I give you. If your total cholesterol in general is high, there may be certain medications I give you, right? So we need to know exactly which one of these is high because it will change the medication that you're supposed to be on. That's why, again, it's so important not to eat Again, I know it's difficult, right? I know for a lot of you, if you don't eat after 12 o'clock, you're cranky. You know, you can have a black coffee, just no sugar. Like, you're cranky. And, you know, you don't want to talk to anybody in the world, right? But I just need you to get this blood test done without eating, right? Because I don't want you to be on a medication for triglycerides. When your triglycerides are really normal, it's just you happen to eat that, you know, Egg McMuffin uh, earlier that day, right? So, please, please be careful uh, when your doctor tells you not to eat they always say drink but you're allowed to drink drink water drink black coffee and you'll be fine from that standpoint there so i want to talk about certain things that you can do to you know help you out especially when it comes to cholesterol like what type of foods you should avoid versus what type of foods you should eat right so let's go let's go get the foods that you should avoid right out the way some of the bad foods that you should be avoiding for uh, your high cholesterol is foods with high in butter and margarine. Anything fried is not going to be good for your cholesterol. Let me just tell you right now. Anything fried is not going to be good for your cholesterol. And let me say for the people in the back, 
Anything fried is not good for your cholesterol. There's nothing that you will fry that would be good for your cholesterol. So please, please, please. I get that question all the time. So that's why I got to say for the people in the back. Uh, fatty meats, you know, sausages are very elevated in cholesterol. So it's always something to be concerned about. Uh, fat, full fat milk, cheese, cream, yogurt. Again, these are bad foods for patients with high cholesterol. Uh, certain uh, saturated fats, coconut and palm oils, coconut and cream. A lot of these very fatty like foods, again, which it should make sense, right? Just common sense, right? Don't eat them if your cholesterol is high, right? Because it can make your cholesterol worse. Now, what are some good foods, right? What are some things that we would recommend you eat if you want to help lower your cholesterol? Uh, oats, barley, beans, nuts, vegetable oils, soy, uh, fiber-rich foods, some fruits, apples, strawberries, kind of in that same bunch. Tofu is a big one as well. So for those who want to try to use their diet, right, to change what their cholesterol numbers are looking like, those are just some of the things to avoid as well as some of the things you can eat in more of an abundance uh, to try to get that number down, right? Because that's really the most important thing, right? Like what can you do to help prove your situation where you're not having to worry about heart disease, right? Because again, I want to stress this. and I want someone, I want you to listen to it, right? Having high cholesterol does not give you symptoms, right? You do not know if you have high cholesterol. You're a, you could be walking billboard for high cholesterol and not have it, or you could be the most fit person in the world, go to the gym every single day, work out every single day, run 10 miles every single day, and still have crazy cholesterol, right? So again, uh, there's a lot of... Uh, there's a lot of issues associated with cholesterol, but unfortunately, there's nothing that says like, oh, hey, that person's got a high cholesterol, right? The only way we know is if we check, right? The only way we check if you guys actually go and get your blood work or go to that free health fair and get that free test done in that regards. Now, from a medication standpoint, I talked about certain medications. Uh, most people will likely be on those medications called statins which is very common medication for cholesterol, especially for those who have a high LDL, aka bad cholesterol, or a high total cholesterol. The statin medications are some of the more uh, more common ones. For those who have uh, low HDLs, aka the good cholesterol, niacin has actually been a good medication that has been shown to work uh, for elevating uh, your HDL, as well as exercise, right? Exercise is an important thing um, to increase your LDL. And as far as your triglycerides, right, again, these are like if you specifically had elevated cholesterol and you specifically had elevated HD, um, elevated LDL or specifically had low HDL or specifically had triglycerides, these are certain medications that you would choose from. Uh, the phenofibrate class is the one, uh, gemfibrazole is probably a very common one for patients with uh, elevated triglycerides works very well in reducing that number in our regards. But so I want to kind of just recap of kind of what we talked about today. We talked about how prevalent high cholesterol is just in the United States. And you could just kind of extrapolate that to a world because if it's prevalent in the United States, you know, the whole world is dealing with uh, this as well. But again, the reason why we don't know what the whole world is dealing with it, because they may not have access uh, to check it as often as we would check, especially our third world countries. 
Uh, we talked about what cholesterol is. Really talked about how important it is, right? Because again, I know a lot of people. Again, you've heard me stress throughout this episode. You know, decrease your cholesterol, especially if it's high. Decrease it, decrease it, decrease it. But we're not telling you to zero it out, right? Because we know cholesterol plays an important function in a lot of different systems in our body, right? So we can't like flat out tell you don't take any like take a medication that will zero your cholesterol because we're almost sure that would probably cause a problem, right? So don't do that. Um, we talked about how often you should be checking it. Usually your doctor checks it once a year, but if you have high cholesterol, be prepared to check it every four to six months. We talked about some of its risk factors associated with high cholesterol, gender, age, family history, diet, physical inactivity. Um, we talked about what's in the cholesterol blood test, which is something you guys get again every year, every three to four or six months, just depending on who your doctor is. We talked about some good foods uh, that you can eat to try to lower your cholesterol. We also talked about the bad foods out there to try to increase your cholesterol, right? Don't try to increase your cholesterol. I stress that. Please don't try to increase uh, your cholesterol. And we talked about certain medications that are associated with treatment of it. Now, I know someone's going to uh, hit me up on the DM or message me and say, hey, like, I know you're in bed with the pharmaceutical industry, and I saw that you only mentioned um, medications that are prescription strength, but what about my my natural supplement, right? Like, what can I do from a natural supplement standpoint? And for one, I would tell you, first of all, if I was in bed with a pharmaceutical company, they would be sponsoring this show, right? Like, so I'm not in bed. I can tell you 99% of your doctors are not in bed with the pharmaceutical company. 99% of your doctors do not get paid extra just by giving you a prescription medication. I, I can promise you that, especially something that you get at Walgreens or something like that. They're not getting anything extra out of that. But it is important that, you know, there are some uh, natural supplements that we don't, right? And again, I want to, uh, now, that, now that I'm talking, I want to have uh, a natural uh, supplement podcast. Um, and I, I might get like a nutritionist or somebody to just come on here just to talk to us about what's good and what's not good, right? Because we know that for cholesterol, there are certain ones that have been shown to work uh, in regards to decreasing it. Um, and there's also been shown. There's also been ones that haven't been really shown to work, but we keep uh, using it anyway, right? So it's not something that uh, you know I'm I'm here to readily promote because I know that for the most part uh, we don't even know uh, what does what. Because when it comes to natural supplements, uh, for those who may not be aware, there's no how do we say this? There there's no um, regulation per se. Right. As far as uh, what you say works and how does it work. So that's why um, you'll see a lot of people, uh, they'll have like a wall of supplements. Right. And you're like, oh, my God, which one uh, can I use? Right. Like, I don't know which one is good for me. Right. What we study. Right. Especially in medicine. Right. What we studied, we know that something like fish oil. Right. Fish oil is probably the more popular ones that you see. Uh, out there from a natural supplement standpoint. We know fish oil and fish oil in good amounts. And actually fish is actually, especially certain the fatty type foods, fatty fish, uh, we know helps decrease uh, your total cholesterol, right? So fish oil, especially taken at the right amounts, can help decrease your uh, total cholesterol, right? So think, think about that, especially from the supplement standpoint. It's very difficult because there's so many supplements that I can't pick and choose uh, one extra that may, but I know from a study standpoint, like what we've actually studied, we know fish oils work amazingly. 
Now, if you're a natural supplement guru, right, you know, don't be afraid to hit me up in my DM on either Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and say, hey, I'm a natural supplement guru, and these are some of the uh, medications and supplements that you left off that you could have named during your episode, right? And I'll gladly make sure I throw it uh, on today's show notes. But so that's that's the end of uh, today's episode. Again, thanks for joining the Lunch and Learn with Dr. Barry. Like always, remember, empower yourself for better health. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Lunch and Learn with Dr. Barry. Please head over to Lunch Learn Pod. where you'll get the most recent episodes as well as today's show notes for your listening and viewing pleasure. And like always, depending on where you're listening this to, please subscribe to the podcast so you can get all the latest episodes sent directly to you. And we are at all of your favorite podcast listening stations, including Apple Podcasts, Google Play, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and Stitcher Radio. Again, thank you for taking the time to listen and empower yourself to take control of your health, and we'll see you next week.